And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you had an outstanding weekend. Uh, big show today. Great show today. I was joined by Kyle Mann, the editor-in-chief of the Babylon Bee. Uh, it's always great talking to Kyle. Uh, really smart guy, really funny guy. Uh, I had a great time. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Kyle, uh, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or wherever the heck else you get your podcasts. Um, and if you like what you're hearing and want to support the show, um, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. You can contribute monthly, and there's cool incentives if you choose to do so. Uh, without further ado, here is my chat with the great Kyle Mann. All right, guys, we're here with Kyle Mann, editor-in-chief of the Babylon Bee. Kyle, my friend, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, I mean, obviously, I don't need to explain the Babylon Bee. I'm sure everybody listening already is is familiar. But, man, like, do you ever feel, especially lately, that the universe is trying to make satire impossible? I mean, like, <laughs> a couple weeks back, the entire corporate press spent 48 hours fact-checking a dog meme. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, my, my wife and I were, we literally spent two days laughing hysterically at these clowns. Like, no matter what you guys come up with over at the Babylon B office, I, I, can it really ever be funnier than the press's real, actual behavior? And is that upsetting to you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, do, you know, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because things are so crazy and people are starting to wake up to the fact that everything's so crazy that, um, that humor does really well and it's, it gives us a lot of material, but at the same time, you know, it does make our job more difficult because the whole job of satire is to exaggerate and distort. And it's hard to do that when, uh, <laughs> when everything's already so exaggerated. I mean, that dog <laughs> meme thing, I couldn't believe it. I, you know, I, I, the, all these sites are, are like, you know, examining the pixels to see if this thing's Photoshopped. And it's, you know, one of my, uh, one of my writers at the Babylon Bee, Frank Fleming, he always said, says that um, the real problem is that uh, the Trump presidency is a comedy and uh, the left doesn't understand that. Like they think that it's a drama. Right. So everything, you know, they take everything seriously and the rest of us are just laughing. <laughs> so that's, that, that's what the disconnect is. It's like, I imagine it makes it tough sometimes because you have to always try to one up reality yeah. you know you have to one up the press one up what these politicians are saying and like how do you outdo the press pretending i mean I've, everybody knew what they were doing they knew what they were doing but they spent two days pretending that they were all so severely mentally retarded that they didn't know that trump didn't give the medal of honor to a dog i mean, like that is I don't even know how you, how do you want up that? Like, what is worse? Like, how do you get worse? Like, it, it, it's kind of the end of the road, man. Yeah, well, that's what we did is we, we had to make, we had to one up it. And the way we did it was we made, we made a, a photoshopped image of Trump riding the dog into outer space and <laughs> fighting off the Death Star and everything. You know, we, and we said all the, all the press is, uh, 
fact checking all the every element of the image and stuff. So that's how you have to one up it is you have to like just go absolutely crazy, you know, and and, and so it does make it difficult. And uh, but, you know, it's something where I, I think people are starting to wake up to just how nutty it is. And it's not just the press. I mean, look at the Democratic field. I mean, there's Joe Biden, an old man that literally forgets what state he's in when he's talking to a crowd and is physically incapable of not nose humping children. And Elizabeth Warren, a fake Indian who just proposed doubling the federal budget. And Bernie Sanders, an 80 year old communist who just had a heart attack. So it's like these people are they, like they, par- they parody themselves, like for goodness sake, like they are just a giant self parody. Yeah, and the, and there's just so much material there because they are all they're all so uniquely stupid. Yes. Like each one of them has a fun personality trait. Like if I was going to write an ensemble like sitcom or comedy, I couldn't have I couldn't have imagined a better uh, cast of characters for the Democrats to nominate because it's just such a clown car of, just, uh, of crazy. Candidates. The commitment, like Bernie Sanders. I mean, look, God bless Bernie Sanders. Hope he lives to 120. But the heart attack was just a Heck of a touch to go along with the 80-year-old yeah, communist right. stuff. It's amazing. And, oh, by the way, I uh, man, I don't think I've talked about Beto yet since he dropped out. I think I just totally missed it last week. But holy shit, man, like nobody's harder hit with Beto dropping out of the race than you guys. <laughs> yeah, he was a lot of fun. Uh, he was kind of hard to get a beat on early on because he already, like you said, he was already such a— he was already such a parody. It's like, what do you do? You know, how how do you make that any crazier that this guy is just, and he's like a guy who works at Hot Topic or something, you know, and just, and he's running for president. And it, 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 it was, he was kind of hard to parody, but then right near the end when he kept going, like systematically dismantling the Bill of Rights, you know, we had a lot of fun with that because it was just every day he was coming out against a new amendment, you know, like <laughs> the First Amendment, the Second Amendment. He was just going through the list, you know. So that was a lot of fun. And I mean, he admitted to eating dirt. So, you know, yeah. and being a furry. Like, there's there's video evidence yeah. that he's a furry. It's, it's just, it's too much, man. It's too much. So, like, look, I've done basically nothing for the last two months on this show except hammer the press. Um, and I'm going to continue doing that because, like, I, I really do. Like, I, I've said this many times, the press is the enemy of the American people. And I, I think the press is the story. Like the, there's really nothing going on. Like this impeachment stuff is not real. Like the economy's fine. Like everything's going pretty well. Um, but the press is the story. And I mean, I, I should obviously never be surprised by the, with the moral depravity of these godless monsters in the press, but like the entire press has spent the last week. And I want to get your thoughts on this one. The entire press has spent the last week covering for ABC news for covering for a, pedophile child rapist so like that's what the press has consumed themselves with this last week defending pedophilia pedophilia and child rape so like the press really is in a race with themselves to the bottom um can they go lower like is like have they bottomed out or or uh should we just look like i said we should never be surprised with the depravity of these folks but i mean how bad can they get over in the press right you know, I I know Trump kind of with his, you know, you guys are the enemy of the people, you know, and he took a lot of uh, he took a lot of heat for that um, early on. 
and and those of us you know who were kind of like not all all on board the tr- uh, the Trump train, you know, it's like mm, I don't know, maybe they're not the enemy of the people, maybe they are, whatever. You know, we we didn't really have strong feelings on it, and then uh, it's like, well, if the press were the enemy of the people, how much more could they act like the enemy of the people? Like, <laughs> like I'm like I, I think I tweeted out like. Uh, I'm looking for some kind of phrase to describe a press that is the opponent of the citizenry. You know, like what what would that <laughs> phrase be? You know, it's like, yeah, you're not making a really good case for yourself when you do stuff like that. Like, I don't know, I, they're just completely eroding any trust people still had left in them. When was the moment where you jumped aboard the uh, enemy of the people rhetoric train? Because <laughs> I'll tell you what the moment was for me, and then there's been, obviously this week with the defending Jeffrey Epstein and, and ABC spiking that story, I don't think anybody on the right or anybody with a conscience can say that they aren't the enemy of the people at this point, but the moment for me was the Brett Kavanaugh smear campaign. <laughs> like, because I, I uh, you know, I voted against Trump in the in the primary. I was never a Trump fan, but I did vote for him in the general election, uh, and then he's kind of grown on me over the past few years, but, like, that was the straw that broke the camel's back with the enemy of the people thing. Like I hated that talk at first, like you said, it made me a little uncomfortable, but I was like, you know, after the Brett Kavanaugh stuff, I'm like, yeah, all right. Trump's right. He's right. <laughs> you know? And then like this net, this past June, if anybody wasn't on board with the enemy, of the people talk in June, I was already on board, but I would imagine if I wasn't, I would have been at this point. And it was when Iran shot down, um, yeah. uh, our drone. And then Trump did probably like, most moral and ethical thing a president's done in my lifetime, which is, you know, he asked the generals when they were going to strike Iran, like, hey, how many people are going to die? And then, you know, someone in the room said 150. And Trump said, well, okay, no, uh, call it off. Uh, We're not killing 150 brown people because they shot down a flying robot. I was like, wow, like that is awesome. Like, (laughs) like I actually got like emotional hearing that. I was like, wow, like where, I mean, I've been waiting for this from a U.S. president for a long time. And the entire press was super, duper butthurt that they did not get dead Muslims. Like, they wanted dead Persians so bad. They were so upset that Trump didn't kill those 150 people. And I'm like, wow. Like, you guys are Satanists. <laughs> like, you guys are, like, you're just bad. Like, you're horrible, evil human beings. Like, if, if you come down on the wrong side of that not killing 150 Persians for a robot thing, like, you're just a bad human. Well, so, like, that, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine anybody seeing that and not saying, okay, yeah, like these guys are the enemy. Well, I don't know. I don't even know if that was that telling because they, they'll, they'll attack Trump for anything. Right. And so they attack him for that. And that's just part of the course. But I I think what's really telling is what they praise Trump for. And so like when, whenever he's like, uh, whenever he takes military action, you know, it's immediate, like, Oh, he's finally acting presidential. You know, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. You're just, it's terrifying. You know, you're just on the side. Of, yeah, you're just on the side of the military industrial complex. You know, you're, you're not really I, I don't know. Like, I actually think the, the press. Like what they're doing to Trump, they're just skewering him all the time. Like, that's what that's what the press is supposed to do with the president. Right. Right. The problem is that they're just doing it for stupid reasons. And they're not. And, and it's something that they didn't do to previous presidents for good reasons, you know. Right. <laughs> and and then there's something they should slam Trump for. They don't, you know, they're on his side and he's acting presidential. I, I saw today, um, 
what was her name? Um, oh, uh, uh, Bethany uh, Mandel, who she writes for Washington Free Beacon, I think. Um, who, but she, you know, her and her husband—they're both brilliant writers, but they're very, very anti-Trump. I mean, they're they're never Trumpers, you know. Um, and she wrote a piece saying, like, yes, the press is the enemy of the people. And after this, Jeffrey Epstein, ABC News stuff, you know, like it, it's funny. Like everybody on the right is coming to grips with this, with the facts of what the press is and what they represent and what they stand for, which I think is good. Like, I, I, I'm glad, like, look, maybe it takes the press backing child rape um, to wake people up to who they are, to the monsters that they are. But I think it's good because, I mean, like, look, two. I think the two greatest things about the Trump presidency for me is, one, a lot of Americans no longer respect the president, <laughs> which I think is awesome. Right. Like, I hated the cult-like worship of Barack Obama for eight years, you know what I mean? Um, so, like, he's delegitimizing the presidency, which I think is awesome. Um, and then also, he's completely delegitimized the press, which I think is extremely necessary, too. So it's like, I, I honest to God, view both of those things as a major step forward for Western civilization. I, I don't know. Where, where do you stand on that? Right. I, I... I don't think Trump is a genius. You know, people will say he's the 4D chess guy or whatever, and I don't think so. And uh, what what I kind of look at him as is like you all go over to, um, you know, your family goes over and has dinner at a at a nice house, and he's the kid. He's like the seven-year-old kid who's opening all the closets, you know, and the parents are like, no, don't do that. You're not supposed to do that. And all the and all the junk just comes pouring out of these closets that the, the family was all cleaning up and just trying to hide all their junk and he's just accidentally exposing everything you know and he's like hey what's in here you know and that's kind of that's kind of what i see is he he's just he's just blundering around washington going like hey why are we attacking these people why are we killing people we shouldn't be doing that and everybody's like no 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 you're supposed to you know you're supposed to ha- uh, speak nicely and you're supposed to have good, uh, good rhetoric and good etiquette and good manners you know <laughs> but he's and he's accidentally just kind of bull in a china shop you know destroying everything and uh i think it's glorious yeah i think you're absolutely right <laughs> and he's there's a lot of junk in those closets a lot of deep state right, exactly. a lot of military industrial complex a lot of dead bodies a lot of things that you know and it's funny too like people in the press um and, and the left, they, they talk about Trump's etiquette and how, you know, he's just so he's unpresidential. He has no etiquette. He doesn't respect the office, blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, it's weird. It's like they think we're like, how do they view America? Because like we aren't like this isn't the 1950s or 40s or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we're not like I'm not putting on a three piece suit and going to the theater with my <laughs> yeah. wife every, and wearing a weird hat like a Calvin Calvin Coolidge hat. Like, that's not me. That's not how, like, have they, what America do they see? You know what I mean? Like, we aren't this, like, super ethical, like, moral, silent generation kind of world right now. We haven't been for a long, long time, like, the late 50s, early 60s. So it's like it's really funny. Like, they, they have this image of America that hasn't existed for a very, very long time. And then they're also these, like, degenerates who, like, want to destroy faith, family, morality, and then they complain like when Trump tweets and stuff. So it's like this weird dynamic, this weird game they're playing with themselves, like pretending that we're in this like super moral, buttoned up 1950 society 
when they hate that and they've hated that since the 1950s. So none of it really makes any sense at all. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just protecting institutions and saying, you know, we need a president who um, looks presidential, whatever that means. And, uh, uh, you know, and then we can restore respect for Washington and the government. And it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy because uh, they're not worthy of that respect. They haven't been for a long time, like you said. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't get it. It's like, why is why is appearances, you know, and rhetoric and manners or whatever why is why is that more important than like you know making sure our president's not trampling our rights and not you know starting wars without authorization from congress and it's like i don't know they they let they let barack obama get away with murder for eight years and then you know sometimes literally and then uh trump comes in and it's like oh you know he he says mean things you know (laughs) and and then the press is doing exposés on like how many scoops of ice cream he has you know and uh i I, I don't know brian stelter on cnn was the other day (laughs) was doing uh you know how many how many typos trump has made on twitter and it's like come on you know i it's just nuts oh man mr piggy himself brian stelter like that guy i mean he he hosts the media watchdog show on I don't is it CNN or MSNBC, one of the it doesn't matter same thing, but yeah. like his his job is to cover the press, and he he has still has not mentioned the ABC News cover up uh, of of spiking the Jeffrey Epstein story for three years. I mean literally, if ABC News would have run that three years ago, a lot fewer teenage girls would have been raped. Okay, like th- these people have like rape on their hands, right? Brian Stelter doesn't mention it, yes, but he does a full hour on Trump misspelling words on Twitter. Like, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. like these are the yeah, journalist that, firefighters, right? Like, to me, I'm I'm okay with making fun of typos, and I'm okay with making fun of the president. Like, let's make him look as dumb as possible. Like, that's fine. Like, that's a, it's an American pastime, right, is to make fun of politicians. That's what we're supposed to do. And... But when that's done at the expense of like actual journalism and I mean, this lady on on ABC who like has all the information and it doesn't come out for three years. Like, what is that? You know, and that that, that was exactly my thought when I heard about this. Like, that was my first thought is you have people there were still victims, you know, in between the time that she found out about it. The story was buried and, you know, it all got exposed a few years later. It's like there were like victims in between there. Right. I mean, (laughs) Am I misunderstanding that or like are they actually enabling that kind of abuse to happen, you know, by not reporting the story? Yeah, they absolutely are. They absolutely are. <clears throat> it's incredible. So, look, before I let you go, Kyle, I, I haven't I haven't talked about the impeachment inquiry stuff at all, which one I, I refuse to talk about it until the House actually voted to open <laughs> an impeachment inquiry, which happened last week. So, I mean, this the previous three months of this BS has been uh, completely pointless. But so there is the impeachment inquiry. Like I said, I haven't really been talking about it because I think the press is the real problem. The press is the real story. But like, you mentioned Obama getting away with murder. I there, There's a couple things I think Trump has done in office. And I'm a Trump supporter. I endorsed Trump for 2020. I'm voting for him. But I think there's two things Trump did. Uh, as president, that were impeachable. One, he banned 
unilaterally banned bump stocks, which is blatantly unconstitutional. And then also he's aiding and abetting Saudi Arabia in their genocide in Yemen. Like we literally, the U.S. military refueled Saudi jets that immediately went and bombed an elementary school, slaughtering a bunch of Yemeni children. Right. So like that, that's an impeachable offense. I don't think the deep state or the press or the left or anybody really wants to go down that road because they'd have to, um, you know, take a look at Barack Obama's legacy as well. And, and like you mentioned, uh, don't open that can of worms because there's just a whole bunch of dead Muslims in that can of worms. So I don't think anybody's interested in doing that. They, they'd much rather leave the sleeping dog lie. But so, like that's much worse, right? Like <laughs> helping Saudi Arabia uh, slaughter babies is much, much worse than having just like a boring conversation with uh, a comedian president of the Ukraine. So like, are you with me that this impeachment thing is just uh, completely dumb and pointless and not going anywhere, oh. and that we ignore actual uh, impeachment offenses, impeachable offenses by presidents all the time? Yeah, ban- you know, banning bump stocks and attacking other countries. That's, I mean, that that's when they praise him for being presidential. That's when they're like, oh, he's finally doing something, and yeah, that's why it's all backwards. Uh, yeah, the impeachment thing is it, for us is comedians is a lot of fun because I, I think the very first story we did on impeachment was back in, I don't know, it was the summer or something. There, there was a couple of Congress people that introduced some, I would think it was some of the squad actually. They came out and introduced um, like a resolution to impeach Trump, you know, and it was like, he hadn't even done anything like they didn't even have anything. on, him. <laughs> and, and so I think our joke was like, you know, they, they put out the, the resolution to impeach but it's just a bunch of blanks. Like the, the, the reason to impeach is, uh, will be filled in later. You know, <laughs> it's like he, he's committed the high crime of, uh, to be determined, you know, and that, and basically like they've been planning this forever. And when Russian collusion didn't pan out, it was like, well, you guys got anything else, you know? And they just kind of scratch out Russian collusion and write in Ukrainian, uh, you know, uh, corruption or whatever, <laughs> whatever it's supposed to be. I, I still don't quite know, like for, for the first couple, couple of weeks after that Ukrainian thing, I, I still didn't even quite understand what I was supposed to be upset about. And you get this feeling with the press that they put out these headlines like Trump offered favors to Ukraine. And it's like their it's like their headline should say, you know, in parentheses, like, you are mad about this. <laughs> you know, because that's that, that's what that's the feel you get from like CNN and stuff. You yeah. know, Brian Stelter always gets you know, oh yeah, Trump offered something to the Ukrainian president. And they just kind of stare at you and like, you know, like, so are you going to be upset or, you know, <laughs> it's like, uh, well, I don't, I don't understand why I'm supposed to be upset about this. I, I really don't. <laughs> you should be upset about this. They really yeah. should add that to the the headlines. <laughs> you, are, you are angry, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> just an emoji, like the angry face emoji. Yeah. Just, yeah. My God. No, you're absolutely right. You know, like I, I read the transcript of that call, you know, between Trump and then something, something ski, whatever the heck the guy's name is, president of Ukraine. I keep saying the Ukraine. It's just Ukraine. It was the I Ukraine. I think, yeah, they changed it. It used to be the, uh, and they changed it. And now it's uh, Ukraine. Hey. Well, I was born in 1989, like two years before it ceased being uh, the Ukraine. So I, I really got to break that mold. But yeah, I read and then I read it again. I read the transcript twice. Because I was like, oh, there's got to be, like, I must just be an idiot. Like, they're making this, you know, this big of a deal over it. I have to be missing something. So I reread it. And I'm like, nope, bored, bored. This is bored. <laughs> like, this, 
Like, this is the best. This is the best you've got. It's like, all right, I get it. it it's about, well, yeah. you know, it's just a, like it's Trump a, said, it, it's a, it's a, it was a perfect, beautiful phone call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that why why does it have to go that far where the, you know like uh, well that's what's so funny is he he says the stupidest stuff and then I, i'm always like oh this is it you know trump's gonna get slammed for this he's gonna lose a bunch of support and then the left just in a crazy race to the bottom they somehow make it worse for themselves you know and i'm like how how do you how do you guys how does the left always pull a pull a loss out of the things that trump does you know, it's like somehow they always make it worse for themselves. <laughs> they, they constantly, you know, pull defeat from the jaws of victory. It, it really exactly. is. <laughs> it really is something. Yeah, it's like, I mean, anytime the the left is on a winning streak, like they'll just cut Ilhan Omar loose and she'll just start ranting about how she wants all the Jews yeah. to die or something. It's it it truly is incredible. Yes. So look, I, there isn't anybody. Right, just before we wrap up, I have to think, like, look, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, like, these guys aren't idiots. Like, Ilhan Omar's an idiot. You know, like, uh, Brian Stelter is an idiot. I mean, these people are just not intelligent human beings. But, like, Chuck Schumer is a cunning, clever politician. Like, Nancy Pelosi is a cunning, clever politician. Like, these people aren't, they don't have an IQ of 70. All right, like, I think the only reason why the actual intelligent people in in the dnc are getting behind this impeachment thing is because they are looking at the democratic field and saying wow we have nobody who can beat trump like i i i don't think nancy pelosi would get behind this if she thought there was you know without trying to impeach trump there would be a democratic president next like i i have to think that's that's the only reason behind this there's no other reason like nancy pelosi is a brilliant woman like she's a horrible godless monster but she she's extremely intelligent and effective so I, I have to think she's just looking at the 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 Bernie Sanders, the Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden. You know, where am I? Ohio? No, Iowa. I'm gonna go be creepy with some children. Like she's seeing this and saying, okay, we really have to, we really have to try to impeach him. Like I don't know. Where are you at on this? Uh, yeah, I, either that or like I, I think it's probably just leverage during the um, any of the talking points during the campaign. Because if you say, oh, well, he's, you know, he's under an impeachment inquiry, you know, and then they can kind of try to cast doubt on, on where he's at. But again, I mean, they just come off as so deranged. Like, I don't think it's going to do anything for the middle, uh, you know, for the people in the center. I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, like, uh, U.S. politics is so hard to predict just because like, Trump actually won in 2016 and that changed everything, you know. <laughs> right. So I don't really know what's going to happen, but it definitely... It definitely seems to me like they want to be able to cast doubt on his presidency and make that one of the main talking points during the 2020 campaign. Is oh, he's under investigation, you know? So, yeah, that, that, I guess that's where I'm where I'm at on that. Yeah, I think you're right. You're probably right. And we can wrap it up there. We can wrap it up there. Fine, guys. Sure. You, you can stop uh, emailing me about it. I finally talked about impeachment a little bit. I've <laughs> boycotting the topic but i briefly mentioned it so get off my back ladies and gentlemen all right kyle mann editor-in-chief of the babylon b where can everybody obviously read all your stuff which is hilarious where can everybody catch your podcast which is also hilarious and uh where can everybody follow yeah, you online babylon- and keep in touch with you and all that good stuff yeah babylon b.com uh babylon b.com has our articles and our podcast we're on facebook twitter all uh, instagram so anywhere there is fine 
All right, everybody follow Kyle. He's great. Everybody check on check out the Babylon Bee. It is hilarious. You won't regret it. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Thank you.